Welcome back to another episode of Ecumenical. My name is Peter Holm, and today we're going to talk about trust in the Lord. Before we get started, please make sure if you like all this stuff, subscribe to the channel. Make sure to engage us. Throw comments down below in the section down there so we can actually get back to you. And, you know, hey, if you have ideas for new videos, let's do those. If you have questions, comments, critiques, throw them down there and I'll be happy to respond. If you like the video, make sure to smash the like button. And uh, yeah, share this video wherever you can so that other people can get the same details, the information that they need to be better Christians. And uh, yeah, I appreciate all the help you can provide in this. So without further ado, trust in the Lord. That's what we're going to talk about today. All right. We give a lot of lip service to this topic, but how many people actually sit there and go, hey, I'm ready to trust in the Lord, right? Um, we're, we talk about we have to have faith and we talk about the fact that we have to believe what's coming, that we know it's going to be good, and that we have to be able to to carry our crosses and know that if we give up everything in terms of every single natural gift we have, we have to have faith that we're going to get something in return, right? Heavenly reward. That's because we gave our will to God. We gave ourselves to God. Everything we own, everything we do, everything we are, we gave it to God. How does that translate into our daily lives? That's the question I want to go through today. So I want to make sure though, before we get going, to delineate between I trust in the Lord and therefore I do things for the Lord in unison with him as an extension of God, wherein he allows his will to work through me and I become his tool, his medium versus Jesus take the wheel. I'm not talking about just like, eh, let's just see what happens and we're going to have faith that I can just sit here and God will just put me in the right place. There's only two things in this world that we have control over, you and me. Each of us has been given by God free will and an intellect. You have to devote your free will and your intellect to God. Otherwise, you don't get anything in return. Because he said, I want all of it, which means if we have to give him anything after we have different uh, things that we have built, uh, different careers and families and all these other things that are out there, we have to be willing to give all that away. But where did that all come from? From our free will and our intellect. And the question is, where are we focusing it? We have to ensure that we play an active role in God's will in this world so that we can have the ability to trust in him that he will take us to that next step that we need to complete for his glory. The question now becomes, how does one contribute himself, herself, everything they have to God? How do you do that all in a way that is appealing, that is preferential to God? Really, it's in virtue. So how do you live virtuously for the glory of Father, Son, and Holy Ghost with trust in Father, Son, and Holy Ghost? This is where virtue is essential and specifically, let's look at the seven virtues that are sitting in. This is uh, right out of the Baltimore Catechism. Yes, Lesson 10, Baltimore Catechism. So when we're going to talk about virtues here, we're talking about faith, hope, and charity, which are the divine virtues. They're the ones that are actually coming from God. And then we're talking about the cardinal virtues, fortitude, prudence, temperance, and justice. Now, none of these virtues are passive attributes bestowed upon you so that you're just like, oh, cool, I just, it just happens. Um, from the standpoint of um, you're not an unknowing like robot here. You're not an automaton. You are a human being with free will who can choose to accept the graces from God. And when he gives you faith, hope, and charity, 
because you can't make them yourself. You say, I accept it, at least mentally, and then do something with them. So you show faith, you show trust, you show hope in what comes, and you show charity for your fellow man and for God, first of all. This involves your cooperation. If you don't cooperate with God, you will not be able to be virtuous. That means there is a very engaging role that you have to play in order to make this all work out well. When we trust in the Lord, it means we have to have an innate doubt in men. Like it just needs to be logical. Why? Because we see multiple Psalms that give emphasis here of put no trust in men, put no faith in princes. Why? Because they fail. We have how many things out there that are historical, that have been shown to us, that are in books or whatever. How many of those were given to you inspired by the word of God himself? Because if they weren't inspired by God, and they're just some men out there that are trying to go and push something, even if they think they're being honest, it doesn't necessarily... So a pagan can think he's being honest when he tells you that his gods are in charge. Does that mean he's right? No. So he can be very sincere in what he writes, in what he says when he speaks, in what he does for his scientific observations. All these things can all be confused. We need to make sure we doubt all of those assertions that are asserted by godless men. No matter what those facts may be, we must be wary that of facts that drive us into vice or further from adherence to the commandments of God. If they separate us, if their facts, their science, whatever it is, tells us we need to go away and deviate from Almighty God, Father, Son, and Holy Ghost, the virtues, our living, our understanding of the creation of everything, if it starts to pull us from that and to weaken the family and weaken our bonds, that's really nefarious. That's evil. And so even though it doesn't come in there and say, hey, I'm Satan, I'm doing whatever, and they're, you know, they clearly say this is evil. There's not neon lights saying it's evil. We need to be wary of the stuff that's out there and say, hey, do some sort of a check against it. Figure out, is this truthful? Does it come from a good source? Does it come from a bad source? Does it actually align to the things we know that have been told to us about Scripture, about Almighty God, about the history that the church actually protects and preserves? Because she is where the truth the wisdom of God resides, right? Paul tells us these things. So consider now for a moment, what things do you believe that were given to you in school, in a book, on a website, by the news that have no basis in Jesus Christ whatsoever? How many of those things have influenced the way that you live today? Because you need to consider that and say, hey, maybe. There are a bunch of people who are not really being honest with us and have a bunch of potential worldly gains to extract from us if we subscribe to their version of the story, of history, of science, whatever it may be, right? So let me give you an example here. Marxism, socialism, whatever flavor you want to consider. We always hear that the system just hasn't been tried properly yet. Or men have corrupted the good that these systems have to offer. But here's the deal. Men conceived those systems, fostered those systems, and implemented those systems, and built all the supporting apparatus around them. And ultimately, those systems are entirely godless. 
they deny our Lord Jesus Christ, his divinity and his kingship. So therefore, that secular system is not only doomed to failure, but is also doomed to protect lies and to then foster lies. That's what they're designed to do, right? Anything that originates out of those systems cannot hold water with regard to the truth. They are darkness where God is light. So Father, Son, and Holy Ghost, Jesus Christ, the King, the light, the communism, just, it can't, can't pass muster. So let's do another example here. A statement that I hear people make, especially when it comes to the United States. Well, we're blessed. We're blessed by the Lord. God blesses our nation. Based on what notion could you reach that conclusion? And I'm going to sit there and say, do you see an overwhelming amount of people displaying the virtues of Jesus Christ, proclaiming Jesus Christ as king, acting in a manner to put down and to stop all contradictions to his reign. And that means false religions, that means false creeds, ideologies, that means every system of vice that is built into our system from its very core, we're talking the First Amendment here, are you seeing people sit there and say, hey, we shouldn't be saying those things against our Lord and Savior. Why is it that every TV show and thing out of Hollywood has to blaspheme our Lord Jesus Christ? Why? Is that showing the blessings of Jesus Christ in our system? Because that is a fruit of this system. And I think if we consider proper behavior, there's no way we can come to the conclusion that this secular system or any secular system, that means separated from God, secular, separated from God, there's no way those things could be blessed by God. They're literally working against him, right? They're not submitting and bringing everyone under the dominion of Jesus Christ. In the end, they're building ways to contradict and argue their way out of submission to our Lord, okay? So that is not a blessing. That is, in fact, a curse. Let's make sure we get it right. Now, what does that mean for you and me? Our daily lives in the systems we were born into with the nations that we have, right? It's still our nation, whatever system you're in, okay? They're all made by men. There are many economic systems out there. There are many different ideologies out there. There are many concepts and scientific theories out there that are all surrounding us. And how do you and I respond to that? We have to make sure, first and foremost, our love in this world is focused on God. And from that extends out to our stations and what we're supposed to do to take care of our families and our friends and our parishes and continue to learn and to educate and to build everybody up and to protect them from the falsehoods that are out there so that we do not jeopardize our eternal souls over subscribing to ideologies which have the capacity to lead us into error and to break everything that we are working for here, which is salvation. We live today to glorify God, to glorify our Blessed Mother, to make sure that we stand up in the image of God with his grace, full submission to him, and we root out all the evil. We have to do that in full unison with him, no matter how hard it is and no matter what things of this world we end up discarding, right? We need to make sure we do not blindly accept the lies of this modern era. We do not deny our Lord. We do not deny our church. And anything that supports the capacity to deny our Lord, to deny his church, we must ultimately be willing to refute it and to learn what truth 
actual truth, God's honest truth exists out there to make sure we can enlighten others and chase the darkness away. And with God's help, we can do that. We need to look at each of our own individual beliefs and our belief systems that we've been given and how we've grown up and ask what of those ideologies were given to us by Jesus Christ himself and which ones of those were given to us by men. Specifically, what things in those ideologies are keeping us from going the full measure towards Jesus Christ our Lord? That should really be a question. Do the men who designed those theories that you believed in your books and in your websites and wherever else, were they designed by godless men or were they designed by faithful Catholic, sacramentally protected, you know, protected in sacramental grace? Were they made by those men? Because if I look at the writings of St. Augustine and St. Thomas and St. Alphonsus and just keep going through all of them, and there's many out there that cover science, they were covered with sacramental grace. And are there errors? here and there, but overall, they're doctors of the church. They're fathers of the church. These are people who are giving you details of the religion, the truth of God. We're describing him in concert with scripture, in concert with the magisterium of the church. This means that those truths are actually just extensions of God's truth versus the stuff that comes from, again, men in white coats, men with PhDs. They wear suits and they ultimately take government funding in large part these days. They're not actually giving us truth. So what do we do to root those out? Let's continue to pray. Let's meditate. Let's build on our understanding of the things around us to figure out what is truth and what is not. And make sure that we understand, look, we believe the things that are of God. The other stuff that's not whatever, we can go either way on it. Make sure that our worldview is based on God. Therefore, if it turns out a bunch of the things we've been told as kids and we're growing up and whatever, it turns out those are false. They don't actually hold any water. Let's make sure our worldview doesn't collapse because those falsehoods actually evaporate and are proven like <laughs> they're proven to be false right before our eyes. If that happens, that's okay. Have faith in God. Stay focused. Trust in the Lord, right? Trust him. Christ the King has power, dominion over everything wherever he wants it. He will make this right in the end, okay? And for you and I, we're not going to necessarily be here as the whole cleanup process takes place. You and I need to be right so that our individual souls get cleaned up. And the corruption, the, the issues, the sins we've committed, everything we've done to break it, we allow him to come into us through the sacraments to get the grace, to get repaired. So by the time you and I die, we can go to heaven as he will continue working through the Lord to, excuse me, he will continue working through the world to get everything all cleaned up, all right? That's where we have to reside today. Know why we believe what we believe, know what we believe, understand how the worldview is focused on Jesus Christ the King, and we go from there, right? So, I am not perfect. I don't know it all. None of us do because we're not actually in full unison with God. We are limited by the capacity of our body, whether it's our mind, our eyes, our five senses, whatever it is. All of those things are keeping us in a slightly darkened state and all of our sins ultimately harm it as well. Grace and God are the only way to get to perfection, to understand how this is going to go. We're all working this together. Let's all be thoughtful about how we move toward the truth. Be virtuous as we live to make sure that those virtues augment our ability to understand and comprehend what's being given to us and to delineate between truth and falsehood. Okay. Darkness, 
in this modern era is very permeating, is very strong. It can look very overwhelming, but let's remember God has the light over all of it. He can get rid of the darkness and we have the ability to go to him. So as I finish out, I will finish with hail Christ the King. He is our truth. He is our light. He is our salvation. Now, I hope all of that was helpful for you guys in terms of understanding, trust in the Lord and all the other weirdness of the world. If this was helpful for you, smash that like button. If you have other comments and thoughts and ideas, put them down below in the, the comments section. I'll be happy to get back to you. If you have other topic ideas, throw them there. Please make sure to subscribe to the channel and share the video wherever because the more people that get this stuff, the more faithful Catholics we can have filling our ranks and helping each other to get towards Jesus Christ and salvation all the better, right? Okay, so thank you all. May God bless us and the Virgin protect us. And as always, St. Joseph, pray for us. All right, see you later.